listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. start we're going to go back to to Colossians Colossians chapter 3 if you have your Bibles with you go ahead and get there if you have your phone that works too Colossians chapter 3 we're going to start in verse 11 and move through verse 17 keep a photo in here so I don't lose my place great all right starting in verse 11 here there is no there is no Greek or Jew circumcised or uncircumcised barbarian, Scythian, slave or free but Christ is all and is in all therefore as God's chosen people holy and dearly loved clothe yourselves with compassion kindness humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with one another and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as one member of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen? Amen. Amen. God's word is so good. So good. I mean, that's really all we should do when we come up here, I feel like, is I, I shouldn't talk at all. I should just read God's word. <laughs> we just need to read it over and over. I love that uh, the spirit is, is faithful and that uh, with what Sean shared, it's just so good. We're here to be united, to be one body, to be one group, and that's what we're talking about today. Um, we're continuing this series, uh, usually there's a thing up there, but that's all right. I'm going to put my Bible over here. Great. Um, on habits of grace. Uh, habits of grace, um, these are, it's basically, we're talking about the spiritual disciplines. And over the last several weeks, we've gone, we've talked about prayer, we've talked about uh, studying God's word, we've talked about solitude, getting alone and being with God in this crazy, busy, loud, distracting world being intentional to pull away and be quiet with God. Uh, and this week, we're building on what Mark started last week about community. Uh, the disciplines are, they're, uh, they're not the end. They're the means. They're the means to the end. God is the end. God is what we're going for. The disciplines are just a way to get there. Um, the disciplines are sort of like the advice you get from like a friend or a father about how to ask a girl out on a date. They're, they're like guidelines on how to have, do, have a successful interaction. Um, it's, the, it's, the, it's the advice of those who have gone before us, who've had success, 
and we can build on that. It's not a secret formula. In fact, it's not a formula at all. It's a relationship. But healthy relationships with God have this similar markers, and that's what the habits of grace are. That's what the spiritual disciplines are. So today we're talking about community, and some of you might be thinking, how is community a discipline? It seems like something that more just happens. It's something we kind of fall into. It happens to us. Maybe the circumstances of certain seasons in life, it's like, oh, that was great community when I was at college, or, um, or that season when I was overseas with that group of people, or whatever it might be. We think of community as something we fall into. But actually, community is an active and vital cog in one's growing relationship with Christ. So even when community hasn't found us, we must seek community. Relationships are central to who we are. God made us for relationship. He made us to be in relationship with Him. He made us to be in relationship with others, with creation. But the problem is we're pretty bad at relationships. We, we mess them up pretty often. And so uh, the discipline is not just to engage in community and in relationships, but to engage in, them, engage in them well, to engage in them rightly, if that's a word. <laughs> uh, speaking of, last night, so God is so faithful, and, and I just want to share this because testimony is good. Yesterday, I spent all day trying to think, okay, how do I, what, what's, what's the message for today? And I got a whole lot of branches, but no tree trunk. If that makes sense? Where you're like, oh, what do I, what, what is this? Like, there's nothing here. How does this fit together? And so, as an example of community, I was laying in, my, in our bedroom. Um, Amy was, I don't know, cleaning the house or something. And, because um, she likes to do that. For her, that's a relaxing day. Yeah. I, I don't know. But, <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in the bedroom just playing, going, Lord... I have no idea. <laughs> like, I got nothing. And, and then it's like, hey, go talk to Amy. And it was like, oh, good idea. So I went to Amy, and really, that was the answer. I just needed a partner. <laughs> and a message came together because of a partnership, because of someone to help me, give, help me with words instead of using things like rightly. Uh, and fitting it together and finding that tree trunk that all the branches can fit on together. Anyway, all right. So how do we do relationship rightly? Well, I like diagrams and drawing in general. Um, if you've ever worked with me, which I know Colin has, um, whiteboards are my favorite because I'll be like, okay, and what if we did, never mind, hold on, let me draw it. <laughs> that just works so much better for me. So we're going to draw something. We're gonna draw a diagram here, and the relationship I'm gonna use is my relationship with Amy, my wife, because that's the one I know best, and so I'm gonna stick with what I know best. Maybe some, oh, that's an A. <laughs> um, some of you have maybe seen this before. And so basically we got God up here, here's me, and here's my wife, Amy. And, and even though I'm using Amy, my wife, this applies to every relationship. Um, we could substitute, you know, this could be me and it could be Brian Bell and then we'd have two Brian's up here. Um, or whatever it might be. It might be Jackie and Leslie. It might be any combination of us. In fact, we probably have like a whole pinwheel around God. Um, but the point is, 
these lines represent our relationships to each other. And God's intent for relationship, a right relationship, is that this line here is more important than this one here. Jesus said that when he was asked, what's the greatest commandment? Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. And it's important that we recognize that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And the second one is to love your neighbor as yourself. God intends that as Amy and I pursue him, as we move up these lines growing closer to him because he is our first goal, as we grow closer to him, our relationship grows closer together as well. Does that make sense? Yeah. Great. Um, so, that's what right relationship looks like. But what I often do, and what a lot of us usually do, is rather than focusing here, we put our attention here. And sometimes it, we might think we're putting our attention here, but we're still putting it here. What what happens is I let relationship between me and Amy get between my relationship with God. And I let my relationship with Amy get between my desire for Amy to be with God. And then I'm getting in the way of what God's trying to do in her life. Because I'm trying to get her to serve me and my needs and holding on to her and that relationship more than I'm holding on to God. I put expectations there that aren't Christ's expectations but mine. So, an example. Let's say I do something really wonderful for Amy. And uh, I think, oh, I'm just going to, she's going to, her socks, she's going to blow her socks off. She's going to be so happy and grateful that I just did such a wonderful act of service and love. And, and I have all these expectations that she's going to come back and just be overflowing with joyous gratefulness. And and then she comes home, and, and I don't get the response I was expecting, or, or acknowledgement at all, maybe. I don't get that joyous overflow of Thanksgiving. I just get a, hey, cool, thanks. And I'm like, what? No, that wasn't what I expected. And my response to that lack of a response, really, uh, if I respond with anger, thinking, oh, she's ungrateful, she doesn't love me, that's more... That, that says more about my, the authenticity of that love or service than it does about my wife being ungrateful. The point is, we got to keep it here. We need to not get confused and put it here. We're tracking? Great, great. Um, so... Um, Love must be sincere. Sincere love is the crux of Christian community, and it's found in Christ alone. We need to focus on the relationship with God. The problem is we often think and are focusing, think we are focusing on God, but we're actually focusing on others. We need to check our motives. Are we desiring God and desiring God for others, or are we just focused on ourselves? All right, let's get back to God's word. We'll go verse 11 to 12. Oh, wait. Did we do 11 to 12? Oh, no, we didn't. Okay, great. Uh, here, here, here there is no Greek or Jew, 
circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. The book of Colossians is a letter written to the community of believers in Colossae. What Paul's trying to remind them here in these two verses is who they are. They are united in Christ. And they are chosen by God. Um, Sorry. (laughs) Uh, They are chosen by God and they're holy and they are dearly loved. Community begins with understanding our own identity and the identity of those around us. Whatever the world says about your differences, in Christ you're united. You're chosen by God and the person sitting next to you is chosen by God. You are holy because Christ made you holy. And you are dearly loved and the person sitting next to you is dearly loved. We need to remember who we are. Who we are and who the person next to us is makes this and getting it right much easier. Let's continue into verse 13 and 14. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Community is an all or nothing endeavor. Um, Have any of you ever gone swimming? Probably. So, community is just like swimming. You don't go to the swimming pool and put your toe in, dry it off, little towel, then walk back and someone says, hey, what you been doing? I've been swimming. (laughs) That's not how it works. Swimming is a cannonball into the deep end. It's going all in. It's getting messy. It's getting wet. That's how you go swimming. Any kid can tell you that. A good cannonball, that's how you get swimming. You don't dip the toe in. It's an all or nothing thing. The point is that community requires exposure. It requires vulnerability. It requires getting in, getting dirty, and letting others know who you are. If you've got skeletons in the closet, you need to open that closet and let others help you clean it out. In community, if you try and keep that door closed, those skeletons will rot and that smell's gonna start flowing out and it'll affect everybody, not just you. In James 5, it says, confess your sins to each other and pray for one another so that you may be healed. God puts others in our lives to share the burdens and to help do the dirty work of cleaning us up. God put us with each other on purpose so that we're not alone looking at that closet going, oh, I don't, uh, it's overwhelmed and so we shut it and it just gets worse. It's scary, but that initial opening it, getting it open and looking at it and confronting what's in there, God brings others alongside us so that we can say, all right, let's do this. Let's do it together and clean it out. Let's continue verse, verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Community also means 
getting to know others and sharing in their burdens and helping them clean out their closets. Now the peace of Christ in our hearts is the key to being able to do this. People who enjoy peace with God become peacemakers in their relationships with others. Our focus on God brings peace to our hearts and unburdens our relationships with others so that we can freely serve them. As we focus here, it unburdens this so that I can truly desire what's best for Amy. So that I can truly serve her without expecting that reaction just right that validates that value I wanted or that love that I felt I was lacking or whatever it might be. If I'm focused here, then I can truly desire what's best for her and this relationship will be healthy too. Those, um, when we are liberated from bondage to the expectations and opinions of people, the ironic result is that we become capable of serving them far better. Those who let peace, the peace of Christ rule in their hearts recognize what affects one part of the body affects the whole. We should be serious about serving the best interests of our brothers and sisters, even willing to run the risk of rejection or misunderstanding. We are able to press on through the pain of those responses when our eyes are focused on Jesus. In this way, the peace of Christ will rule in our lives and will rule in the lives of others. So, community, so far we got, you gotta let others know you. You gotta get to know others. Now let's move on to verse 16 and 17. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him. Gratitude. Gratitude for community is real important. How often do you, well, I shouldn't speak for you, how often do I (laughs) get frustrated because, well, I was hoping that there would be somebody to go lunch with after church. (laughs) I was hoping somebody would call me today and say, hey, how can I pray for you? Oh, I expected that there would be more people who shared the exact same interest I did. The point is, what ends up happening, we get so focused here that we miss out on what God has intended. Instead of being thankful for what God has given us, He's given us a family. He's given us people to help clean out closets. He's put people before us to love and to be loved by. Let's be thankful for what we've got, whatever it looks like. I know that's hard. It's hard for me a lot of times, especially we used to live up, up the mountain in the forest, and it's lonely up there, and that's really what I was mostly referring to of when we lived up there. It was lonely, and there, it's, it's a half-hour drive from there to here, and that seems short now, but at night for small group, that's a long drive. <laughs> Somehow it becomes real long, and it's hard to do, but what I've learned is that rather than or what I'm learning, is rather than longing for something I don't have, be thankful for what I do have. Be intentional with what I do have. The people that God has put around me, pour into them. Embrace community with them, whoever it might be. There's people at work that I work with who know the Lord, a lot of them actually, because uh, I work at a, a forced home, a Christian camp. But, <laughs> 
the, the great thing is that when I finally decided, all right, I'm just going to embrace who I'm with. Wow, it unburdened me. It unburdened my expectations of them. And all, I was just grateful. I was just grateful for who I had. And then I was able to be that person for somebody else. Uh, there's this guy, Donnie, I work with. And he and I just have incredible conversations. And they happen because I'm intentional, or he's intentional. And we're willing to engage in that. And to get dirty and say, like, hey, here's, here's what's in my closet. And it's like, that's pretty ugly, and I need help with it. And he's like, all right, let's do this. And the great thing is, it, men's breakfast. I went last, uh, this last month, we have them once a month, and getting into those groups, those places where we can get with people and we can say, hey, hey, here's my closet. There's a lot of skeletons in there or whatever it might be and have somebody else in there say, I used to have those skeletons too, but I don't need more. Meeting with people who've had victory helps us have victory. Yeah, that's right. It's so wonderful but we got to meet with them and we got to get vulnerable and we got to get in the dirt and the mess and they've got to be willing to get into our dirt and mess. But we'll end up being cleaner and all it is is just gratitude. Just thank you, Lord, for the people you've given me. As we serve others and as we are served by others, as we let God, as we let what God is doing in our hearts pour out onto others and participate in being blessed by the work of God poured out from them onto us, we have every reason to be grateful. In our human nature, we think of ourselves as the main character, or one of them. <laughs> I think of the movie The Lord of the Rings, and you know, like, there's like Aragon and, and all the hobbits, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm probably not Aragon. Like, <laughs> that'd be cool, and Legolas, he's pretty cool too, but okay, maybe I'm a hobbit. Maybe I'm like Pippin. <laughs> Like, he, he likes to eat food often. I love food. He's kind of uh, flighty. I'm a little flighty. Uh, he, he's a little boyish. I can be a little boyish. <laughs> um, but the fact is, I'm not even that much of a main character. Like, in the last movie, uh, The Return of the King, there, if you've seen The Lord of the Rings, if you haven't, you should watch him. If you're like one of those people where you're like, I, I tried and I fell asleep like nine times. It's okay, just fast forward to the end. And at the end, there's this scene where Aragon is getting crowned as a king. It's his, his coronation. And there's all these people and all the fellowship is all there, um, other than Boromir. But they're all there. And as the camera pans, really quickly for an instant, there's this guy in the crowd. He's got a white hat. And if you watch the movie, you'll notice him. But it's like for a moment. And he's just in the crowd and he just goes, like, that's all you see. That's all you see of him is just, yay. Like, <laughs> that's us. <laughs> that's me. I'm the guy in the white hat that just gets that moment of like, woohoo. Like, that's what we got. I'm not even a hobbit. <laughs> but often I think of myself that way. I think of myself as that main character. And I want other people to fit into my life as though I'm the main character. But what God says is he says, no, I'm the main character. God is the main character. He's the main character of my life. He's the main character of your life. He's the main character of the person sitting next to you. And we ought to desire for them to know him and be a player in his story and fill their role there. Whether it's that little guy on the side going, woohoo, that's my role, right on. If 
that's the role of Jason, go for it. <laughs> Whoever it is, we want, we want them to be with the Lord and playing the role that they ought to be playing in God's story, not our story. And that frees us to truly love them and to truly engage in community. All right, so begin, community begins with understanding our identity in Christ and the identity of those around us as Christ's, as God's chosen people, as his holy people by the blood of Jesus and as by his dearly loved people. We are dearly loved. The person next to you is dearly loved. Recognize it. Treat them that way. Then it's a cannonball into the deep end of vulnerability and letting other people into our lives. And then it's willing, being willing to get into the mess of other people's lives, letting the peace of Christ reign in us so that we can bear the burdens of others, that we can extend peace to others and see it foster in their lives as well. Embracing this discipline of community, embracing, engaging who we're with, whoever it might be. If there's a brother or sister in Christ around you, engage with them, be with them. Share life with them. We get an opportunity to experience community unlike the rest of the world. They get all this human messiness of community that's all focused here. But we get God. And God says, your community, it's going to look different because I'm a part of it. And I'm going to free you to truly love. Jesus said uh, in John that the world will know you are my disciples by your love for one another. That's radical. Right? That's so radical. But we see it in, in Acts. We see it in the early church. This is a persecuted church. This, these are people who are getting killed, who are getting murdered, who are getting drugged in the street, who are having their businesses destroyed, who are having all this being disowned by their family in the early church, and yet they continued to grow rapidly. And the reason was because they loved each other so well. They embraced this concept, this discipline of community in such a way that God was manifest among them. And people saw it and they were willing to step out and suffer whatever it might be, whether it's the persecution or business or a disownment from family because they saw such love and they thought, I just need that. I need that love. And that's what God has in mind for us, to love each other in such a way that it's just powerful and overwhelming to people. All right, let's call the band if you guys want to come up. And the ushers will pray. We're going to sing. And then we got a baptism today, a couple baptisms. That'll be good, right? Community. All right, let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the people that are around us. We thank you that you have given us companions, friends, co-workers um, for your kingdom. Lord, thank you that you haven't left us alone, that you've saved us and rescued us. Lord, we need you, and we need those that you've put in our lives, that you have in mind for us to be with, to love, and to be loved by. We love you, Lord. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.